Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast is the football podcast, and this is where it gets weird. We're a man down. That's nothing new. It's a different man. By now, you've probably been getting used to seeing less faces on the football podcast, hearing less voices. There's still only three of us, but it's a different three. Find out which three by listening or watching along. Before we do get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. Share the podcast around. That's the big one. Share the podcast around. Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is CookieCast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. Oh, hi. Sorry. Didn't see you there. Come on in. The water's lovely. Welcome along, ladies and gentlemen, to another week of football-based podcasting material for you. I can see now, you're looking at the screen, you're trying to work it out, what's going on? There's only three faces on here. But those of you who've been watching the, uh, the football podcast for the last number of weeks, we'll notice that there have only been three faces the last couple of weeks. Scheduling conflicts have sadly put pace to all four of us being able to get into a virtual room together to bring you your, uh, your football updates on, a, on, on the reg, as I believe the kids are seeing these days. But, Mr Moore, sadly not able to, uh, to, to be with us this evening to bring you the, uh, the tastiest morsels from a Nottingham Forest perspective. So we'll do our best to pick up the slack in his absence. But joining us again after a couple of weeks off the uh, off the docket is Hull City supporting Mr. Stuart Woodmansey. How are we, sir? I'm not doing too badly, thank you. Um, nice to be back talking actual football. Um Obviously been to a couple of games since I was last on as well. Um, but yeah, um, I'm, I'm pleased pleased that my uh, issues have worked themselves out this week so that I can uh, talk some Hull City. Absolutely. Scheduling conflicts. Damned. Damned, I say. And, obviously, here again, in his, in his usual guise as the, uh, as the person leading the, leading the charge against mediocre podcasting it is Mr. Andrew Cook. How are we, sir? Oh, I'm just I'm just a delight. Lovely stuff. Exactly what we want to hear these days. So week eight, ladies and gentlemen, started as it meant to go on. And it was indeed. The person who's not here. It was his team. It was Manchester City taking on Nottingham Forest. Now this one, I believe, last season finished 5 0 to City, 6 0 to City. It was one or the other. Um, it was quite the pasting, shall we say. So the fact that Manchester City only scored two against Nottingham Forest this time out probably speaks volumes as to how much of a leaps and bounds 
um, that, that Nottingham Forest have taken, uh, Mr. Woodmansey has a, has a point he would like to make. But this time around, uh, they did they did play pretty much the second half against ten men on the basis. Yeah, of, uh, I was I was going to get that. Didn't they? Yeah, I was going to get to that. Rodri unfortunately got himself sent off for, for what well, I've not seen the goals, uh, but I, I've seen a still shot of him basically just doing his best Undertaker impression and trying to choke slam uh, a guy, or at least choke uh, the guy from Forest. So probably quite understandable as to why he was giving his marching orders on Rodri. Uh, so he'll miss a couple of games in the Premier League in the coming weeks. Matters not to uh, not in Forest, of course. Um, like I say, unfortunately, I haven't seen the goals. Um, have either of you two seen either of the strikes from Ford and or Mr. Harland? I haven't actually. Um, as as you know, we were uh, predisposed on the Saturday afternoon, so um, I haven't had a chance to catch up. But um, had heard that the red card was. Um, not up for debate is how it was uh, phrased, I believe. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, but yes, goals, goals apiece from Phil Foden and Erling Haaland were enough to put Nottingham Forest to the sword. Now, from a predictions perspective, that was good for us because we'd all picked very degrees of Manchester City win. However, we did all think that Nottingham Forest would get on the score sheet and we've all therefore picked a one game to get that goal. Sadly, no points there for each of us. Um, uh, I had Haaland to score twice and Alvarez to score twice for Man City. Stu had Haaland to score twice, Alvarez and Foden to score for Man City. Matt had Haaland, Alvarez and Doku to score for Man City. And Andy had Haaland and Foden to score for Man City. So Andy was the closest of all of us with a 2-1 Manchester City win. Um, so, I got two points, correct uh, correct result, and a goal for Erling Haaland. Matt also had correct uh, result and a goal for Erling Haaland, whereas Mr. Woodmansey and Mr. Cook had correct result and a goal each for Harling, Haaland and Foden. So, two points for me, two points for Matt, three points for Stu, three points for Andy. We move in to the second game of the week, which is my boys taking on Southampton. And obviously I went into this game full of absolutely no hope whatsoever because Middlesbrough was still looking for their first win of the season. Sorry, first league win of the season. They've of course won in the first and second round of the year. Capital One. Is it the Capital One? It's not the Capital One. It's the Carabao Cup. I do apologise. The League Cup. Um... Were they able to, uh, to to finally get that monkey off their back and get the first league win of the season against Southampton? To quite a few people's surprise, yes, they actually were winning this game 2-1. They did, however, manage to keep up their run of conceding first in every game they've played so far this season, where uh, Adam Armstrong opened the score in the first half. Uh, the ball was played into Che Adams' just outside the box, he held the ball up and then just played a nice little through ball into the box, into Armstrong's path. Um, Armstrong got out of his feet and then just slid, just slid the ball straight under the advancing Stenny Dieng in the goal to uh, open the scoring to make it 1-0. Uh, We're on a chance to equalise uh, a little bit further after that where the ball was played across the box uh, with Riley McGree just sort of coming in on the back stick 
sadly he wasn't able to get uh, to get to the ball early enough uh, and was just able to hit the post um, as it was going out of play so sadly he wasn't able to latch onto that however try as he might Mr McGreen was rewarded for his efforts uh, later on in the second in the first half um, when Isaiah Jones on the left hand side uh, won the ball back uh, just outside the box played the ball across to Riley McGreen who brought it on to the edge of the box and uh, finished with a nice crisp drive into the bottom of the net to make it 1-1 going into half time moving into the second half uh, Middlesbrough were awarded what looked at times to be a slightly controversial penalty uh, there was a bit of um, holding from Josh, Car- uh, from Josh Coburn on Taylor Harwood Bellis um, in the penalty area uh, it looked like it was a bit of 6 or one half a dozen of the uh, and by the time the ref had focused on the uh, the incident, it was uh, Mr. Howard Bellis that was bringing down Mr. Coburn. Um, so he pointed at the spot and gave Middlesbrough a penalty that Johnny Houston stepped up and thoroughly dispatched in the bottom corner of the net. Uh, I believe uh, was uh, which was caught on uh, on camera was him even having time to hit the gritty, as uh, I believe the uh, the kids in the uh, Americas. Are saying these days, um, I, I'm not going to lie. I could have guessed probably every single person in the Middlesbrough squad as a person who would hit the gritty before I would have selected Mr. Housen to be the person to do that particular dance. However, it was fantastic to see, um, and they hung on to get their first league win of the season. Will it kick them on? To be able to move up the table, only time will tell. I, of course, had gone into this match with absolutely no optimism whatsoever, as I had gone for a 2-1 Southampton win. So I don't get any points for the correct result. I had Latte Laugh to score for Middlesbrough, Adams and Armstrong to score for Southampton, so I do get myself a bonus point for the goal scorer. Stewart just gone for a bog-standard 0-0 draw with this one, so sadly no points there. Andy had gone for a 2-0 Middlesbrough win, with Latelaf fours to score the goals. No points there for the point for the result. Mr. Moore, however, 2-1 Middlesbrough win, with Crooks, McGree and Armstrong to score the goals. So he was almost on for a full vote there. We'll just have to settle for the four points. Um, so four points for Matt, a point each for myself and Andy. No points for Our third game of the week saw Andy's adopted team that, that'd be kind of, uh, playing at her away at Carlisle United. Uh, sadly, this one finished as a 2-0 win for that'd be kind of, um, And um, sadly, we do have to talk about them next week. Uh, two goals for James Collins. Um haven't seen the goals, don't really want to watch the goals, let's move on. Uh, I had gone for a 2-1 Carlisle United win. Damn, didn't happen. Did have Collins to score for Derby though, one point to me. Matt and Andy had both gone for 1-0 Carlisle wins, so sadly no points for those boys. Mr. Woodman's had sensibly gone for the 1-0 Derby County win. However, Elder did not score the goal. So just the one point 
miss the woman scene for the result. Point each for myself and him. No points for Matt and Andy. Our second to last game of the week saw Sunday action and live Sky TV action where Stoke City were taking on Mr. Woodmansey's boys, Hull City. Um, you didn't go into this one particularly uh, optimistic, but uh, maybe you should have done, Mr. Woodmansey. Um, this, this was a shock. You might be able to tell from the tone of my uh, my voice. Um, so I will preface this by we went into the Stoke game six games unbeaten and it, it gets to the point where I start getting edgy about stuff like this because every time it gets brought up something bad's going to happen well not today um, usually that bad thing to happen for Hull of late has been Matt Ingram and his rubbish distribution but we did pick up Olsop as we mentioned um, from Cardiff so a new goalkeeper came in um, for the last couple of games saw him in person um, in his first game won player of the match and has a very strong case for getting it in this game too however not because he made lots of saves but because his distribution set the wheels in motion for two or three goals um, so we'll start with we'll start at the end the final score was Stoke 1 Hull City 3 Um the first goal was right, uh, was Aaron Connolly. So, you know, everybody cheered apart from Paul uh, on 30 minutes. Then two minutes later, Adama Traore atoned for his open goal miss um, in the Leeds game slightly earlier that week. Um, sticking away, well, Stoke were pressing high and Hull have been insistent on playing out from the back. You may be aware of this. I may have mentioned how much I hate it from time to time. Um, when it, especially when it's not working. Well, the new keeper adapted things slightly, saw what Stoke were doing. Simple ball over the top, but out to the wing. Um, Connolly picked it up just over the halfway line, cut in from the left, scuffed his shot, and it very kindly fell to Traore, although he did have his back to goal at the time. And uh, on a pivot, smashed it in the bottom right-hand corner. Um Things were, were looking insanely good after 73 minutes as Hull City scored a third. However, Sky have this down, and this is the tricky bit for you, Paul. Sky have this down still as a Regan Slater strike, but it was, at the time, debated as an own goal from Gooch. The, the player, he didn't smack the ball there. Um, Slater took a shot from the edge of the box left-hand side, and it kind of, for want of a better expression, went in off Gucci's arse. Um, yeah. So, obviously, they found that as hilarious as I did, switched off for a couple of minutes, and Vidigal scored a consolation goal on 77 minutes. But, generally speaking, um, Hull never really looked too uncomfortable, which makes me feel weird to say but things are starting to look a little better at the moment. So, um, so yeah, I'll, I'm very happy with football at the moment, so I can't complain at all. Well, isn't it nice to have a happy perspective on the podcast for more 
than one team. This is groundbreaking territory. <laughs> um, for the instances of the book, I'm just going to keep Slater as the third goal scorer. Okay. It made very little difference to the score as no one selected him and no one also selected own goal. So, from a from a recording of results perspective, it doesn't really make too much of a difference. You're telling um, me that no, nobody picked Gooch? Uh, no one was picking Gooch, mainly because I didn't even remember the fact that he'd left Sunderland and gone to Stoke. Um, so that, that'll probably be part of the reason why I wasn't picking him. And also wasn't beginning to score own goals rather than in the correct area. Um, from a results perspective, least optimistic was actually the whole City fan himself. As uh, Stuart gone for a 1-0 start win with Berger to get the goal. So no points for Mr. Woodmancy there. Next least optimistic was myself. I'd gone for a 1-1 draw with Wesley and Delap to get the goals. No points there for me. Um, Mr. Mr. Cook had gone for a 1-0 Hull City win with the lap to score the goal, so he got himself a point for the correct result. Mr. Moore, coming through in the clutch again, had gone for a 2-1 Hull win with Berger to score for Stoke, the lap and Connolly to score for Hull. So he gets himself a point for the result and a point for the correct goal scorer. Finishing off week 8, saw last night's game not to date the podcast whatsoever but yesterday we saw Bradford City take on Middlesbrough and some of us may have even watched this game live in the flesh Middlesbrough started the game well um, straight into the uh, straight into the block straight out of the block sorry uh, put Bradford on the, on the back foot um, Hayden Hackney especially looked uh, Particularly all action, um, trying to pick the ball up from deep, looking to play little balls in behind and maybe look for the sort of the killer ball with every single pass. Um, probably a slight criticism of him at the moment, if there is one, is that he's always looking to make the killer pass. He's not something he's he will play the ball short occasionally, but more often than not, he's always looking for that, that killer ball, um, and he, he more often than not passes it straight to one of the opposition, but not ideal. But if you take that out of his game, you lose a massive part of about what he is as a player. And he's only young, so I'm assuming he will he will learn that he needs to be a bit more conservative with the ball, shall we speak. Yeah, shall we say. But it worked um for the opening goal. It was actually, it was actually Mr Hackney who um, picked up the ball from deep uh, with a with a challenge. He drove through the middle of the park uh, drawing the defender off him, to play a little reverse sort of through ball into the path of Mr. Emmanuel Latte Laff, who uh, just ended up in the in the middle of the box and finished smartly under the goalkeeper for one nil. Um, Bradford came into it a little bit more in the second half. Um, they had a shot uh, from the edge of the box that flashed just over the top of the bar. It was about as good as it got from their perspective. They never really sort of challenged uh, the Borough goalkeeper too much. Um, and in the second half, Borough made the game safe. Second goal scored by 
Mar, uh, Morgan Rogers. Um, Riley McGree picked up the ball on the uh, on the right hand side of the pitch, just over near the corner flag. Cut back inside, um, laid a little reverse ball into the uh, into the box for Rogers to pick up. Uh, he kept going into the six yard box um, and kind of just hit a shot that hit the underside of the keeper and then sort of hit the underside of the bar and went in. It was a bit of a strange one because he almost didn't look as if he... He, he looked... He, I don't know if he was just checking with the with the assistant to see if he was getting flagged as offside, but he didn't seem to celebrate when it went in. So most of the crowd also didn't celebrate at first. It was a bit of a strange one. Um, obviously, the, the goal stood... Um, Nothing. There was no flag. Uh, nothing from the uh, nothing from the assistant to say that the ball went out or the goal should stand. Um, so two 0 to the Borough. A couple more chances uh, came and went. There was a, a free kick on the edge of the box that um, Dan Barlaser had just uh, smashed wide. Uh, but other than that, like I say, Borough were in control from pretty much from start to finish on this one. Um, a very a very confident performance, a very very needed performance at this point. Um, and uh, wonders will never cease. It was the first game all season where Middlesbrough, one, didn't concede, and two, didn't concede the first goal of the game. So, happy days all around. A 2-0 win for Middlesbrough. Into the hat for the round, uh, for the round four drawing of the Carabao Cup which will be made after the Newcastle-Man City game finishes. Um, Predictions-wise, Stewart gone for a 1-0 Bradford win with Afoka to score the goal. Sadly, <coughs> no points Mr. Woodman's there. The rest of us had gone for varied degrees of Middlesbrough win. Andy had gone for 1-0 with Silvera to score. Silvera did come very close to scoring in the first half, actually, just flashed a... Get, flashed a an effort just wide of the keeper's um, left-hand post. Sadly, uh, that was as good as he got for Mr. Silvera. He did uh, come into it a little bit more in the second half, but he still looks like he uh, needs a bit more game time, a bit more, bit more time to get used to the, the sort of the speed of the English game. Really, um, Matt had gone for a two-one for a win. Walker to score for Bradford City. Rogers and Latte Laugh to score for the Borough. So Matt gets himself three points for that particular game there. I had gone for a 2-0 Middlesbrough win. Two points for the correct score. I thought I'd even picked both goal scorers, but looking here, I had Barlazer for the first and Rogers for the second. So just the three points for myself from that game. So quite a lot of points scored this week. In reverse order, Mr Woodmansey, four points from five games. Second place, Mr. Cook, six points from five games. Second place, myself, seven points from five games. Taking the win this week with a whopping 11 points from five games. Mr. Matthew Moore, he's not here to celebrate in person, but well done, sir. 11 points for you. That is week eight. I don't want to be the guy that points out that Matt's always not here when he absolutely dominates the week. It, it does It does seem to be a bit of a pattern 
that he has a big week and he's not here to bask in the glow and rub it in our faces that he's so much better at predicting mainly our team's games rather than so much than his own. But part and parcel of the game, ladies and gentlemen, that's week eight, done and dusted. We're going to take a little small break just to recompose ourselves ready to do week nine's predictions and there are quite a lot of games in week nine, I believe seven in total to go through. So we're going to need to uh, we need to get ourselves a pretty stiff drink to make it through all seven games. But you guys don't have to do anything. It'll just come up in your feed like nothing happened. We're going to step away just momentarily though. So we will be with you shortly. Recording in progress. Told you. Momentary, instantaneous for you guys. God, feels like it was hours when we were back in this room. But we're back again to take you through Week 9's games and Week 9's predictions from our perspective. So, Week 9 kicks off on Saturday with Hull City taking on Plymouth Argyle, who will have travelled just down the road of the, uh, what, five and a half hours or something like that. Just a short trip. They'll, they'll be in the Hilton the night before. It'll be fine, I'm sure. Mm. Obviously, it's Mr. Woodmancy's team, so he will give his prediction last. Um, as Mr. Moore is not here, sadly, he has supplanted me with some predictions for the games. So I will, uh, I'll jump in and I'll give Mr. Mr. Moore's prediction right now. He has gone for a 2-1 Hull City win here. He's gone for Connolly and Delap to score for Hull. Hardy to score for Plymouth. I, on the other hand, have just gone for a 2-0 Hull City win. I've gone for Traore and... Connolly? Connolly. 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 It's like a. It's like an Italian like pastry, I believe. I think. I think what he's done is he's conned me with his current form into picking it. Uh, but yes, you heard it here. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. I have actually picked Aaron Connolly to score a goal. I mean, it's, it, wonders will never cease. And um, you've picked him to score, potentially score his stick goal of the season. Well, let's just put it this way. If he doesn't score, he won't be getting picked again for a while. He'll <laughs> 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. Connolly and Traore. Mr. Cook, what have you got for this one? 1-0 to Hull. Delap to score. 1-0 with the dilapidator to get the goal. Um, going off what you were saying earlier, do we need to be concerned, Mr. Woodmancy? You were concerned in the fact that they're obviously in the in the midst of a long unbeaten run. Yeah, so obviously six six games now extends to seven, and we come up against a team that have just absolutely pumped Norwich, which all of you seemingly have forgotten. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing this is the point where I now reveal that my prediction for this weekend is Hull nil, Plymouth two. <laughs> Um, so uh, I've got Edwards and Azaz to score for Plymouth. For those of you that have been listening to the podcast or watching the podcast for a number of years now, Mr. Woodmanty seems to have taken the approach that um, 
Mr. Moore had for a number of years in by he would just go for crazy results that were never in the realms of possibility because he had no faith in his team whatsoever. But if it works as an approach, who knows? It might be successful. It might not. If, I'm, if, I'm, adop- if I'm adopting Matt's approach, though, just just remind me who won the predictions this week. Well, yeah, but did he? <laughs> oh well, no, 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 no. If he's not here to find out, is the uh... absolutely. <laughs> uh, our, our second game of the week is my boys. It's Watford taking on Middlesbrough. Watford historically not a happy hunting ground for the borough. My my team. I'll give my prediction last. I'll dive straight in here with Mr. Moore's prediction. Though he's gone for a one-one draw. Martin to score for Watford and McGree to score for the Borough. Mr. Cook, what have you got for this one? Two-nil to the Borough or nil-two if you want to be, you know, that way. Goal uh, scorers. I got uh, the 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 coffee man himself, latte, latte laugh. And uh, fours to score the other one. Very nice. Stu? Um, I've taken a, a scorer's page out of, well, a scoring page out of Mr. Moore's book. I have gone for a 1 1 draw. I've got, um, is it Rajovic or Rajovic? Possibly for Watford. And then Crooks for Borough. He's overdue, surely. Well, he did score against Blackburn in the league a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, it did stand, but it was hugely offside. Um, so, yes, he's probably due a legitimate goal at some point. Um, what the hell was that name you just said for Watford? Rajovic is R-A-J-O-V-I-C. R-A-J-O-V-I-C. Yep, Rajovic or Rajovic. Interesting, not a name I've heard. Um, for the third time in this particular prediction, we're going to hear the score 1-1. I've gone for Bayo to score for Watford and McGree to score for the Borough. Like I said, not a happy hunting ground. Not, it's been a while since we've actually got anything other than a defeat at that particular place. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if we can book the trend and get a draw. Uh, our next game sees Derby currently taking on Cambridge United. Um, obviously, it's Mr. Cook's team. We use that in very loose terms. So he will go last. Stu, what have you got for this one? Unfortunately, I have got a prediction... Um that means we will continue to discuss those particular people. Uh, I've gone for Derby 2, Cambridge 0, with Waghorn and Smith to score for Derby. Two nil, clearly a popular prediction for this particular game, as both me and Mr Moore have also picked two nil wins for Derby. I've gone for James Collins and Sibley to score. Whereas Matt has gone for Waghorn and Collins to score. Mr. Cook, you may notice there, shaking his head triumphantly as he believes it will be the following score. 
As delighted as I am to be uh, supporting Derby, I have a nil one. Your goal scorer for Cambridge? Now, as we know, I may or may not have some trouble pronouncing certain, you know, words. Me don't do words too good. So the fact that I put down this name, um, I had me. Uh, I literally took it off the website, available, all that sort of good oh, stuff. Yes, I, I see that the weekend he played against Port Vale, up front, Gassan Ahadmi. I mean, it's it's amazing to me that he didn't want to go for Fajiri Okenabiri. Yeah, I was like, hmm, really going really gonna to try and tackle that one. So I thought, I thought Ahadmi. Had me a good time. I had me at hello. Our next game is Mr. Moore's team. Nottingham Forest taking on Brentford. This is our only live fixture of the weekend. Can be found on Sunday. Live on the Sky Sports. A 2pm kickoff, no less. His team, I will give his prediction last. I'll jump straight in here. I've gone for a 1-1 draw on this one. Gibbs White to Forest and Mbwemo to score for Brentford. Stu, what have you got for this one? Also got a 1-1 draw. Um, I've got Hudson Adoy for Forest. And he's back on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Former Hull City youth prodigy, Keen Lewis Potter. Mr. Lewis Potter, I believe, currently getting an extended run in the first team at Brentford Pirates of England, which is uh, an odd phenomenon. Uh, Andy, what have you got for this one? Uh, one nil to Forest. A one year. And your goal scorer? A one so I think I'm going to talk over you there. A one year. A one year. Mr. Moore has gone for a 2-2 draw on this one. Of Wongi and Gibbs-White to score for Forest, Mboemo and Vissa to score for Brentford. We move to the midweek slate of games, which starts with Ipswich Town versus Hull City. Mr. Woodman sees team. He will go last. Matt has gone for a 2-1 Ipswich win. Broadhead and Ladapo to score for Ipswich, Delap to get the goal for Hull. Andy, what have you got for this one? Uh, one nil to Hull. Uh, I went with uh, Sayada Manesh. Sayad Manesh. I agree with Matt. I've also gone for a two-one Ipswich win. Going for Chaplin and Burns to score for Ipswich. Slater to get the goal for Hull. How is it actually going to pan out? Do you reckon they'll have got the loss out of the way so they can dive back into a nice run of six or seven unbeaten? No. Um, so, firstly, um, super special mention to the 
idiot who decided to make Hull go to Ipswich on a goddamn Tuesday night. That is a horrendous journey. What the hell are they thinking? That is just ridiculous. Um, but no, I it's, it's another one of them teams where they're in a decent run at the moment. Uh, probably not the, the best time to be playing them. Um, it's a crappy, crappy, crappy journey on a Tuesday. So I've gone for 1-0 Ipswich with Chaplin to score the goal. Times indeed. Yeah, I know what you mean there. Like, they, they get thrown together like so often, though, where it's just like a little bit of common sense. Just take that fixture out of the midweek slot and just put them in there, like a team that's slightly nearer, even if it's like an hour's journey rather than the four that that inevitably end up taking. Speaking of a ridiculous journey to making on a Tuesday or Wednesday night, midweek, uh, mid season. Takes us to Middlesbrough versus Cardiff City. I believe this is the second or possibly third season in a row where Cardiff are having to make the trip to Middlesbrough on a midweek night. Um, just a crazy, crazy journey to be making midweek. Uh, my team, I will, uh, I will of course go last. Um, Stu, what have you got for this one? Uh, unfortunately for you, Paul. I have got Cardiff winning 1-0 with Grant scoring the goal. Grant? Yeah. Not my gran. Grant. Good to know. Good to know we got the uh, the definition there. Um, Andy? 2-1 uh, to the Borough. Yes? Coburn and Falls to the Borough. And Robinson... Cardiff. Oh, yes. Robinson, I believe he notched this evening in the cup against Blackburn. Matt has gone for a 2-1 Middlesbrough win. Crooks and Latte last. The Borough, Ugbo. For Cardiff, I've gone for a 2-0 Middlesbrough win. Getting the optimistic out. I've, I've, I've dug around in the cupboard. i found the optimism hat. I've placed it thoroughly on my bonds. I've dove in. Colburn and Crooks to get the goals in a 2-0 for a win. Final game of the week sees Blackpool take on... This would be the best, this would be the best place where if Andy could make that soundboard, he could just patch in currently as the replacement team that's, that's playing against Blackpool this week. Uh, obviously, as stated before, it is Andy's team, as disappointed as that makes us. So he will go last. I've gone for a 2-1 Blackpool win on this one. I've gone for Jordan Rhodes to get two, and Waghorn to score for Derby. Matt agrees, has also gone for a 2-1 Blackpool win, but has gone for Rhodes and Lavery with Collins to score for Derby. Stew? Almost. I've got 2-2. Two, two. So, got Rhodes and Norburn for Blackpool and Collins and Nelson for Derby. Collins? Nelson? Giving us the final prediction of the week. 
closing out the podcast, Mr. Cook, how will this one come to pass? If uh, Cambridge United can't get it done, then Blackpool will. It's a 2-0 Blackpool win. Rhodes. And said it with the correct voice, Beasley. What? Beasley. Oh. But in the correct voice, it's Beasley. (laughs) Just the sheer look of panic on Paul's face then. What's that now? They haven't, ladies and gentlemen, seven games predicted, seven sets of predictions written lovingly in the book. They have been stuck in the record books for all eternity. We'll go through the games next week, break it down, see how many points were scored, and we'll go through the next set of predictions for the week after. Thank you, as always, to all of you wonderful people for tuning in. To this week's podcast. Thank you again to Mr. Cook and Mr. Woodmancy. Obviously, hopefully, we uh, we should have Mr. Moore back on the podcast next week for a full uh, full boat of podcasters. Um, yeah, we'll see how we get on. That's it for now. This for this week, ladies and gentlemen. So, thank you very much for joining us once again. And uh, until next week, we will see you later on. Tatty bye. So there you go, what do you think of that? Big thank you to the guys. Big thank you to you for listening. Matt, as always, we miss you. Look forward to seeing you back next week, hopefully. Before you go, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave reviews where you can leave reviews. Check out the website, it's thecookiecast.com. There you find our social media links, our email button. That way you can get in touch with us. That is it for this one. Come back next week for more games, more reviews, previews, news, predictions. But until then, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe.